If you've been dreaming about starting your own business, but have had some apprehension, imposter syndrome, or fear arise, this episode will bring you so much comfort and joy as I interview the beautiful Natanya Creates on how to create a business that feels in alignment and allows you to create the life of your dreams and business on your terms. Welcome to the Cyclical Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Wilder. I'm a naturopathic doctor and an expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Super grateful that you're here. And today is a special day because legit, the person that I sent my stock on the internet <laughs> is my special guest. She is so feisty. I love the way that she talks about business. And she has a really refreshing perspective um, that really inspires all of us entrepreneurs to rise up, share our mission, and be unapologetic about it. So my guest today is Natanya Creates. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and she's best known as a business coach and marketing expert. She's the owner of Natanya Creates, and that's a creative hub for women entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business for profit and go from zero to six figures through intuitive marketing strategies. The Toronto native launched her digital marketing business in October of 2018 while she was in school full-time majoring in nursing. Can you imagine, friends? Within a few short months of launching, she learned how to run her coaching business and scale to a six-figure business in 12 months at the age of 23. She's helped hundreds of go-getter women entrepreneurs hit their first four-figure sale, quit their job, and run a money-making business of their dreams. So this woman, I tell you, you're going to be obsessed. So let's just get started. Welcome, Natanya. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you so much, Cassandra, for this opportunity. I'm super excited to be able to just talk to your audience about business and everything in between. Yes. Well, we're so grateful for you. Um, I'm sure, as you know, there's a lot of noise online in the business space, like on Instagram or Facebook or podcasts. And a lot of people have a lot of ideas, but I feel like there's also not a lot of really good, concise advice. And that's why I like you so much. You're like, no BS. (laughs) And I love it. How, I guess if we go back to the beginning of your journey, I'm imagining you being in nursing school, working your butt off. How did you start to, I guess, transition away from that when you probably were pretty short on time anyway? Yeah, such a great question. I can honestly picture myself back about two or about three years ago coming. I was in my college dorm. I was likely in my scrubs or I was working for the university at the time. So I was in um, our uniform. And I remember just being really burnt out, really frustrated with not being in control of my time and my freedom and just really wanting to have something that belonged to to me. So when you're in school, your time doesn't belong to you, your schedule doesn't belong to you, your free time is very, you know, sparse, it's very narrow. Mm-hmm. So whatever free time that you do have, I just wanted to have the opportunity to have something that belonged to me and it was creative, it was fun. So Honestly, it was launching a business. I thought that would be such a fun idea. (laughs) Didn't understand the full depths of what that looks like now. But Mm -hmm. yeah, looking back, it was just a cry for freedom and regaining control of my time. And also realizing that if I wanted to be able to make as much money that I wanted to, I would need the freedom to do that without having to go back to school. So Mm -hmm. all of that in mind, it was just like, let's just start a business. 
Wow. <laughs> I'm so in <laughs> awe of your like resilience through all of that. Um, at what point then, because you left nursing school, correct? No, I actually sticked through. Mom and dad were, you know, definitely (laughs) encouraging me to stick through. So yeah, I got my degree. Um, I wrote the NCLEX and I'm a nurse. Dang girl. Okay. Well, you're even cooler. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. So when you started to think about starting a business, where was your passion in all of that? What did you know that you wanted to do? Oh, I, I knew that I wanted to um, monetize a hobby. So something that I was already doing, I said, you know what, why, might as well we just um, see if we can make money from this. So really, it was just that thought of can we do this or not. Mm-hmm. And after we did, then the full idea and vision of helping women launch and grow their business came about. So it was really on the premise of, can I do this for myself? And once I could, I was then able to see the full picture of, you know, helping hundreds of other women launch their business, scale their business, grow their business. Um, And that's what I now do today. Amazing. I'm sure when you work with clients, they're at every stage of their business, like imaginable. Where do you think is the stage that a lot of people give up or a lot of people feel like this is more than I bargained for? It's much safer to work for someone else. I'm out. Oh, I would say at that point, right where before your business is about to scale and we truly don't always know when that's about to happen, but it's at that point where we've launched our business, um, you know, friends and family or significant others or relatives are supporting our business, spreading the word, but we're just at that in-between limbo stage where it's not exactly a business at this point, but it's also not just a hobby or a bootstrapped startup business. So it's at that in-between stage where you're literally right around the corner to scale um, and, you know, your business is going to be taking off, but you just don't know it yet. So because we're not getting consistent clients or because we're not, you know, being booked and busy and because we can come online and we can easily compare a business journey to somebody else's, we can easily get discouraged and want to throw in the towel, but we just don't know that we are right on the corner of scaling our business. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. We give up right before we hit the gold. (laughs) Then we never know what we missed out on. Exactly. Very interesting. So when you decided that you specifically wanted to be a business coach, help people scale their business, help them, you know, avoid the like, this is too hard, I give up, I don't know what I'm doing kind of story. What pieces did you find really make or break the experience someone has? What, I guess, is your secret sauce, we could say? Yeah, I would say, I would say looking back, um, I realized that So I started off as a social media coach, Mm -hmm. no, a social media manager. And then I realized that it's just really overwhelming for me to manage so many social media accounts. So I switched to social media coaching. And then I realized that I can help um, women grow their business through their content, through their captions and through their visuals. But I realized that something else 
likely is missing and that's their process to marketing their business and sales and not being able to convert their followers or their audience into buyers and that was through their content so I then made the the leap and the pivot to business coaching and also looking um, still very closely at marketing and what um, is on their visual and front end so that's the approach that I would say that I take specifically within my business and um, looking more at intuitive marketing I would say that would be my secret sauce of how can you um, have very authentic and genuine sales? How can selling be very easy for you as well as it's very um, easily received from your audience? I never wanted to create a business that felt that we're, you know, just pushing selling. It's just, we just want your money. We just want to snatch your coins. I definitely (laughs) didn't want to create that. And I feel that there's already a lot of that and there's a lot of um, jaded feelings in the community as a whole. Mm -hmm. So really making that pivot of how can we just show up as ourselves and make money just by being ourselves so I would say that's my secret sauce well that's the best secret sauce there is <laughs> exactly um I, I I personally don't know anyone that like enjoys the slimy portion of sales I don't yeah. know I guess that must be a thing though because it's the strategy that's often taught yeah um, so I love that idea of intuitive marketing does it feel good to me is it going to feel good for the person to receive is it a symbiotic relationship for everybody? Yeah, yeah. We definitely want to, um, you know, be able to make the money that we want and it feels good for our audience and then also feels good for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've heard so many different strategies like cold pitching or, you know, finding people who may not necessarily be interested in our service and we're just mm-hmm. going to pitch anyways. And, you know, that can be a turnoff for our audience and prospective clients. So it's so important that we just downpack a strategy that works when it comes to selling and it feels authentic and intuitive um, and it feels easy for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if someone has, say, their niche or their their target or, or whatever we want to call it, they have their passion or the way they want to serve. Um, now they're getting online. They're starting to post stuff. I'll bet that they maybe don't have the best strategy. So it's a little random, a little inconsistent. It's all just they're trying, though, right? They're putting the content out. Um, where then should they be directing their energy at that point in their business? Because this is where I think people give up, right? Because they think they're doing all the right stuff, but nobody's interacting. Nobody's buying. Nobody knows even what you do. Yeah, I would say um, when when certain cases like that happen, it's just really important that you are able to read the room. I would mm-hmm. say that's the biggest skill that every mm-hmm. successful entrepreneur has to master. And it's not necessarily a skill that you would see in a program or a course or, you know, some type of offer. It's really just a learned skill that you would just have to pick up on your own. So if you're putting out an offer and you can just see or really feel that over time your audience isn't interested, likely it's a call to pivot or Mm -hmm. to rework that existing offer. So what happens is a lot of entrepreneurs I've worked with, they pivot too early. So because they're not getting the response that they wanted, they throw in the towel, um, comparison sets in, and they um, start to compare their journey to somebody else's or they they pivot and they launch something else. But really, it's the strategy just to stick through with that offer and to really give your audience enough time to um 
give you a response back to that. And that doesn't necessarily happen overnight or even over the weekend or even over the time period that we um, have. I feel like we have high expectations of our audience and of ourselves. And especially when you're, you're just starting out your business, it's really important to give your audience that time to respond back mm-hmm. to you. And after you've given them the time to respond, what was their response? Are they interested? Um, did you get your spots your and your program booked out in? Um, in 72 hours if not did you give it a week if not um, did you give it two weeks and after the two weeks what was the response after that so really looking at your audience's temperament and then being able to make a calculated decision after that of should we continue was this a successful launch or um, should we pivot or should we continue or like you know do we do we rework this strategy Mm -hmm. so that comes through time experience or also working with a coach who has been able to be exactly where you are and then being able to give you that advice as to what to do after. Exactly. I tell everyone the greatest mistake I've ever made was not hiring a mentor for years, figuring it all out on my own the hard way. (laughs) You know, um, I did not have that, that foresight then. Um, so that's definitely like the best advice is yeah, to find someone that's already done what you want to do. Exactly. And get in that room with them. Exactly. Yeah. Or sign up for a course or a program. It doesn't necessarily have to be a coach. Um, sometimes coaching that that uh, container can be a higher investment. But um, I think the bottom line is just to ask for help and to reach out to somebody who you trust and, you know, who has been exactly where you are and they definitely can help you. Yes. Yes. Well, speaking of that, Money is such a taboo thing in our world. I think especially amongst women for some reason, there's, you know, a, an idea that women aren't supposed to make X amount of money or or maybe it's more beliefs that we carry. I don't know where, where this comes from, this taboo nature of money. Um, you obviously have like blasted through probably <laughs> everything that maybe even you thought possible years ago. Um, and it's so inspiring to see. How do you... I guess, where do people start with their money story? If they feel like right now, 30,000 a year is like top of the iceberg for them, how do we peel that open a little bit more and help them see what truly is limitless? Yeah, this is such, um, I love this question so much because it really is something that I stand for. Um, I would say, yeah, looking at back at your personal journey or your personal experiences, And it really stems back to your childhood of what type of relationship did your parents or your guardians have and how has that impacted your relationship moving forward? So, um, you know, three years ago, um, 75K would be awesome as a nurse. That was the goal. And then to go back to school, get my master's and officially make my first six figures. Hallelujah. That'd be awesome. (laughs) And I just realized when I when I then looked at, you know, the cost for a house, especially um, in Toronto, it's astronomically high. Yeah. So then I look at, you know, how much is six figures in comparison to bigger expenses and just really reshifting my relationship with money of, you know, do I want to work for somebody else and have a glass ceiling of how much money I can make for the rest of my life? Mm. Or would I rather take that risk? And it is a, it is a risk, but would I rather take that leap of faith and 
really just push this vision until it works because I've seen other people do it. And I think it's important that we surround ourselves with people who have done it, people who are five to 10 steps ahead of us. It may not even be that we're texting them or we're um, you know, in a conversation with them on a daily basis, but even um, you know, connecting with them if they're speaking at an event, just as much as you can, how can you get into that circle mm-hmm. and listen to their speech, listen to their mindset and listen to the relationship that they have with money and get as close as possible to that in order for us to shift our relationship with money. And that's what I did. So I listened to podcasts or I listened to YouTube videos or I, you know, picked a few women who I thought to be very inspiring at that time. And I put them on a vision board and I just tried to get in conversation with them as Mm -hmm. close and, and as often as possible. And really to shift my mindset of what do I see based upon my environment and my the proximity of the people I'm surrounded to with their relationship with money? How is that currently influencing me right now? And how can I step outside of that realm um, and to be in conversation with people who have a different relationship? And that really is going to be just a decision that we have to make. And then realizing that our dreams are too big to be sacrificed. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if we're pushing somebody else's dreams um, in order to get by and just to have enough, then we are also putting our dreams on the back burner. And if I'm working for somebody else who's at the top, that means that I have access to being at the top as well. So I might as well take that leap and take that risk and work and push my dream until it becomes that. Mm, Preach. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. And that really hit me when you said if we're really fulfilling someone else's dream while we just barely scrape by, that's a disservice to ourselves in a lot of exactly. ways too. And oof, that really hit me. Oh yeah. The money story thing is big. I also like the invitation to reflect back on what we saw as children, since we all got <laughs> some sort of convoluted message around yeah. money, whether it was to hoard everything and be really, really scarce or be really frivolous, but then like not, be able to buy food at the end of the month. Exactly. I think I had both going up. My mom is a super saver. We call her corporate Jen. Like <laughs> she, she is really great. Um, I would say even a little bit frugal. We, you know, poke fun at her about that. But you know, I did not come from parents who are millionaires, so I think that's pretty obvious. Definitely not a self-made millionaire. Definitely want to build that for my family and for my children, for my legacy moving forward. Mm. But definitely, yeah, parents have a profound um, impact and influence on how we view money of what, you know, did you get to go on that trip that you wanted to growing up or not? Or were you able to get this new pair of shoes? Mm -hmm. I remember I wasn't able to get the new pair of shoes that I wanted. And I said, you know what, I will find a way to get it myself. So that looks like getting a part-time job. And then realizing Mm -hmm. that, you know, I'm going to have to pick a career that would pay a lot more. So that looks like nursing. And then realizing that nursing is only going to be a cat. So that looks like entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So it's really looking back at that timeline of when did we first become aware of what money meant to us? And again, what does that influence look like for us moving forward? Mm -hmm. Did you find in your journey, it was... It, it felt weird at first to talk about the money that you're making or the tears that you're rising up or were you like, I'm so proud. I'm just, I'm here to share it. <laughs> no, it was definitely shifting um, the taboo conversation. And 
I, I believe in living, um, living out loud and living, um, publicly, Mm -hmm. not to, um, not for the attention or for the praise of another person, but to live in a way where there's no shame. So I'm huge on that. I'm huge on sharing your testament, sharing your story Mm -hmm. and sharing how you got to a process. So, um, when it comes to money, I believe that we should take that that taboo um, lid off of money as a whole. And if you have a way of making thousands of dollars, I want to know how. I want, <laughs> like I want to know how you did it. And I don't feel that's something that we should be hushed about. We shouldn't share that. So if I have figured out some process, I feel that I would be doing people a disservice not to share how easy. It is, you know, in line of starting a business and all of that legality and all that fun stuff. But you can start a business, you can make thousands of dollars and you can do it exactly on your own terms. And I think that's a story that we all should share. So long as you're you're doing it and you're doing it integrity, I feel that you should share that with everybody that you meet. Mm. Yeah, that's a great invitation. Yeah, why is it so taboo, especially for women, especially for entrepreneurs? Where does this all come from, you know? Yeah, I I don't know exactly where it stems from. I think I think corporately there's an expectation that you don't share how much money you're making in the corporate space. So I, I know there's that. Um, as well as I would say, you know, just out of privacy sometimes or feeling that maybe something bad can occur when you share how much you have or how much you're making you can get stolen or maybe maybe there's some fear around that as a whole and mm-hmm. also not wanting to um, share with the world what your worth is as well I think there's some um, fear around that as well but it really is just taking control of that narrative and every day making the conscious decision to flip that script. So if I know that there's shame or there's um, uncomfortability about sharing about how much you're making, really digging deep and figuring out why that is, where is that coming from? And then really just taking control of that story and inserting your own narrative and moving in your truth in that. I think that's so powerful. So powerful. Yeah. In a minute here, we have some listener questions because of course I had to like brag that you were coming on the podcast. Yeah. We're super excited. Um, but in a minute, yeah, I'm going to ask you more that, about that mindset piece because um, I would dare to say you can have all the strategies and you can have all the right marketing tools, but if the mindset's missing, yeah, that can crumble everything. Would, oh, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is so interesting. I've, yeah, (laughs) it's just fascinating to me. Um, It seems like a lot of people, when they think about going into the online space, there's a fear of being seen. There's the imposter syndrome that comes up. Um, And I guess the, the fear of what if people don't like me? Have you encountered any of those kinds of things being in the online space or do you have any words of wisdom? (laughs) 110 percent so um i am a black woman um and i i guess i would have to wear that badge very proudly but definitely have experienced um some reaction i would say to my gender to my race um as well as to my age so because i'm young there's definitely um 
I would say some more hesitation of working with a younger entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've experienced that. I've definitely experienced um, people who would rather work with somebody from a different race because I'm black. So I've experienced that as well. And of course, I've experienced, you know, because you're a woman or, you know, what do you know? You have a degree in nursing. What do you know about marketing? You know, what do you know about business coaching? You're not um, credible. You're not certified. Um, how do we know that you are able to deliver? So I definitely get that challenging, that resistance mm-hmm. and that backlash. Um, definitely also can get imposter syndrome when you feel that you're um, not doing enough or you're not doing it to the degree that everybody else is doing it at. So everybody else has their systems. Everybody else has their strategies. Everybody else has their coaches. And it looks like everybody's just running this awesome business down to the T and you're, you know, still figuring some things out, but you're doing that on your own. So yeah, it's very, um, it's very natural. I would say to feel that you're inadequate or you're not doing enough Mm -hmm. but I would say yeah flipping that script and my mantra is I'm running faster than imposter syndrome has the ability to get to me so (laughs) if I feel that you know this live that I'm gonna do is gonna be cringy or it's gonna be awkward or it's gonna be uncomfortable I'm 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 acknowledging that I feel this way, but I'm also going to make the decision to do it anyways. And I'm going to also then hold myself to public um, accountability. So really just going ahead and posting that I'm doing this that way. There's accountability there. So imposter syndrome does not have the opportunity to kick in and change my mind before it's time. I love that. You're like, I can outrun you. So see you later. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Um, And you have so much grace in how you transcend a lot of the the prejudice and the, like you said, like it can be everything. It can be your race, your gender, your age. Like there's always going to be something that someone can pick out and say they don't like about someone, which is sad um, that that's how the world is. Um. I think a lot of people are afraid specifically of sharing their stuff online, though, for fear of, yeah, someone pointing out, I don't like this about you, or I don't resonate with your message, or you're wrong, even. Um, yeah, how do you handle that? I mean, I feel like that's a whole other level of business. <laughs> it is, yeah. I definitely experienced it um, more so in the past, I would say, six to seven or to eight months. So really where my business started to pick up, um, I started to gain a lot of like social media traction. So, you know, I was getting like a hundred new followers every single day, a thousand new followers every single month. And that was just Mm -hmm. doubling. And it was really just growing. And uh, again, living in my truth and not living in shame, I was just naturally sharing my story. And of course, that's not going to resonate with the millions of people on the planet. So first, recognizing that your truth can offend other people, but that doesn't mean that you should not tell your truth anyways, right? You are not going to, you're not put on earth to accommodate everybody else's way of living and how they govern their lives. So mm-hmm. being, um, I would say being Uh, I wouldn't say comfortable, but being aware and being mindful that the minute you put something out on social media is the minute that you are aware that there can be visible resistance. People can be mean. People can be nasty. I've experienced that. 
Um, I've experienced people telling me that I shouldn't share how much money I make or I shouldn't share the push to working for your success in a pandemic. So I've I've seen all coins of the side. I've gotten you know, remarks of who does she think she is? You know, who who does she think she is launching another business? I've seen it all. Um, I've I've even seen people go as far to reach out to family members, significant mm-hmm. others, to get information about who I am. Wow. And yeah, it's been such a wild journey. But I would I've definitely been hurt. I've definitely reached out to you know people who are close to me to really just ground me and put into perspective and you know how am I responsible for this one how can I take accountability if it is possible and if it's not possible how do I navigate backlash when I'm standing and living in my truth how can I do that in a way that feels good for me and I reached out to a mentor and she also just reminded me still that like the higher that you go you know it's still going to happen and you likely will still have your feelings be hurt, you know? No matter how far you you get in life, you still likely will have your feelings be hurt. And that's because you're a human being and you care. So, you know, that's that's just the truth. And then it's just navigating how do you, I guess, care less or not put so much power um, into the opinions of other people how how do you still just navigate that so I would honestly say it's just a learning process and it's important that you surround yourself with people who are a sound and sure voice and who can really just reaffirm what's already within you mm-hmm. very well said. <laughs> it is a bummer I'm sure you've noticed you can get hundreds of really positive comments and really beautiful DMs and all it takes is one jerk to slide in yeah. and we're like, what am I doing? And we have this big yeah. crisis. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Blah. Well, I'm glad that, um, yeah, I'm glad that you found a way to help it roll off of you, to not take it personally um, and that you've had support along the journey to um, cultivate that skill. Because I feel like it's taken me years to be able to handle the negative feedback that you're going to get, like you said, with anything. You could put out yeah. the most neutral post in the world and oh, someone yeah. will still be offended. So, yeah, <laughs> it happens. It yeah. happens. But yeah, you just got to roll with the punches. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's just part of being an online entrepreneur. It is. But then I also feel like we, we also still have to, you know, still do what we can. You know, I, I hate to say it, it just comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. I still I think it's important that we still do what we can to shift the narrative that, you know, at the end of the day, you're still speaking to another human being mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. So it is still important to be kind. And you still can put that message out there hoping that, you know, the jerks will respond. But I, I still think it's important that we still set the standard as much as we can and not just say, well, yeah, people can verbally abuse you online and it just comes with the territory. Mm. I still think we should fight back. I think that's important. We just don't roll over like a jellyfish. We, we fight back. Totally, totally. And if needed, that block button. <laughs> yeah, block and delete. It's a good button, yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that. I know that's a lot of yeah vulnerable questions, but um, I think this conversation is so needed for anyone that feels like they are a little lost in business and they don't know how to move forward and they've got people that are unkind and they've got messages that aren't landing. And this is giving them a reminder that like, it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. 
it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. if i can do it you can do it if cassandra can do it you can do it as well yes yes exactly do you feel like we can outline like a simple like your top three tips or something that you could give anyone to really serve them in uh getting to where they want to be, to reaching that income level, that impact level, whatever that they're really striving towards? Yeah, I would say first thing is to play the long game. So Mm -hmm. this was something that I was taught or I heard a few years ago of when I realized that the opportunity to make as much money as you want within your business truly is limitless. And when I truly believe that, not just you know, I saw it and I scrolled on by, but I truly stepped into that truth, I would say play the long game. So now that you have a business idea, now that you have a venture, now that you have um, something that you're going to run with, um, really look at your business um, in the place of this is like your long-term strategy. This is not just a hobby that's been monetized. This is also not just a side hustle that you're going to do on the side for the time being because it's your plan C. Like really get into the habit of thinking that this is this is pretty much it. And what you see right now is not where your business is going to be forever, but give yourself the time to build and really build your business to the point where it looks exactly or as close as it can to be what you originally envisioned. So you know, if you're doing, you know, social media management on the side and you're kind of just running it, not as something as serious as a empire or a, you know, seven figure CEO of the business, you really just want to um, keep putting one foot in front of the other and really just build your business up. So if that looks like getting an accountant or a lawyer or setting up your business structure and moving from a sole proprietor to an incorporation or an S corp, you definitely want to start looking into that and really building up your business to where it's actually like a company with um, employees or um, an assistant and you're really playing the long game. Mm -hmm. I would say my second tip is to move and move forward. So Oftentimes when I'm coaching my clients and I'm, you know, asking them, you know, what's your plan? What's your long-term plan or your short-term plan? And they have really great ideas, but a lot of them are either confused or frustrated or don't have access to the resources that they want to do um, and execute their ideas to that full extent. So my tip for that is to move and move forward. If you're afraid, move and do it afraid. If you don't have the money, you know, do it with whatever resources that you have. So if you don't have access to booking a photographer, use your iPhone. If you don't have, you know, the best or greatest equipment to start your YouTube channel, use whatever, you know, devices that you have at the time. So you always want to get in the habit of moving and moving forward. Those who stay stagnant um, are more susceptible, I would say, to being um, in the position to quitting. Um, they compare their business journey, they're frustrated, they don't know what to do. So because they don't know what to do, they either pivot and then they get burnt out and then they quit before their time. So even if you're just moving and you're you're moving forward, any movement um, is still better than just staying stagnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would say my last tip, um, I would say it's, it's really important that you surround yourself with 
um, people who are like-minded. Um, sometimes we can share our journey or our business idea prematurely with the wrong people. And they really can be, you know, dream killers. I don't want to say just to that extent, but they there really can be people who talk you out of your idea mm-hmm. prematurely. So really setting yourself up with people, women, entrepreneurs, digital entrepreneurs, um, and finding that community, finding your footing, finding people who are um, doing what you're doing, whether they're, uh, they just started, whether they're five steps ahead, whether they're um, in the swing of things or not, it looks as simple as you um, sign up to being in like a Facebook community with women entrepreneurs. Even that would help in you doing everything completely on your own. So really finding your community will definitely help. Oh, those were amazing. <laughs> Thank you for that. My pleasure. I'm I'm so excited and just, as I said, really, really happy to just be able to, to help anyone with whatever business journey they're at right now. It's, yeah, those tips definitely have helped my business grow even when I had no idea what I was doing and I felt, you know, or it looked like I knew what I was doing, really just moving forward and finding a community and building your business really are the three tips that yeah, have shifted my business for the better. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously you're killing it. So it's working. <laughs> I <laughs> think you've you. got it pretty well figured out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, I want to ask a couple of listener questions. Um, so one big question was, is consistency really all it takes? Or if not, then what is the key? Yeah, consistency is, is key. So uh, I, a lot of times people um, get burnt out or they pivot or they change or they're not um, as consistent and they're not as disciplined as they should be. So move and keep moving is the best policy, but then you also need to pair it up with a strategy. So if you're just moving and you're moving blindly or you're you're not sure what your first step is, um, but then as you continue to take more steps, you still have like no clue what you're doing, then you're just going to be moving blindly. So you definitely want to move and then move in the right direction. And again, that can typically happen based upon experiences, something that worked well in the past, or you then reach out for help and you sign up for like a program or a course to figure out what the next step is and you get that newfound clarity. So consistency is key, but also with a set strategy. That's how you're going to be able to be successful. Mm, Great advice. Okay, and the next one is, how can we be seen on Instagram when it feels like we're lost in a sea of people that do the same exact thing? Yeah, you want to speak your truth. So even though I know lots of business coaches, and even at that time, I knew hundreds of social media managers and coaches, it's still important that you speak your truth. So what makes you unique and different from everybody else? So For me, that was my story of nursing. So because I started my business uh, while I was a nursing student and I basically have this story that like even in one of the hardest programs in the world, you definitely can still start your business. You can still get clients. You can still make thousands of dollars on your own terms. So that's what made my business journey um, different from other business coaches or other social media coaches. So you really want to find what makes your story unique and how can you create the storyline that's authentic and genuine, of course, but where your audience, your consumers, your clients and customers can really see themselves within. So 
I can now attract other women entrepreneurs who may not necessarily be nursing students, but women who are currently serving another job or another purpose that's not necessarily serving themselves. So that's just, that's a part of within my business journey and my own personal story that resonates with me. And it's a lived experience, but it's also something that resonates with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I really like that. <laughs> The next one was, what mindset do you feel helps you grow your business? Ooh, this one's good. I would say, I would say, I, I know we hear about, you know, scarcity mindset, growth mindset, fixed mindset, but I would, I would really say it's um, being um, optimistic, having a positive mindset of knowing that the opportunities truly are limitless, you truly can do everything. And if you've seen it in your mind, it really is something that is possible that you can execute and you can accomplish. Um, Even when, um, you know, crap's hitting the fan, even when things are just not working, even when it feels like life is literally falling apart by the screws and the bolts and buttons, you know, sometimes it's better to just take a break, not to quit. Sometimes it's better to um, pivot and not to give up. Um, And sometimes it is better to um, give up in a certain area and then to open the door for something else. So Mm -hmm. really just being optimistic and being positive and having um, a positive outlook about life as a whole um, really will flow back into how you view and govern your business. Beautiful, beautiful. And I have a question because you do so much in your business and you're planning a wedding. Like, yeah. how do you, what do you do for you? Like, what's like Natanya time that's relaxing and chill? Oh, yeah. I I really don't like when people ask me this because I really, I the answer is, is not anything people would like to hear. And that's, that is, I, I, I like to work. So for me, working is not work. So mm-hmm. I like to just create YouTube videos. I like to create content mm-hmm. and I, I do it in a way that it, it's just what I like to do. So I wouldn't even say like, for me, like launching a program really is lots of work. It's really something that I like to do in my spare time. And my spare time is my business. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do full time. So I like to create content. Um, I like to uh, launch businesses. <laughs> I like to design things on Canva. And I, I like I honestly really enjoy doing that. I don't really like playing games. I don't have games on my phone. I, that's just not my thing. But I like to maybe like binge um, videos on YouTube. Um, I like to watch Netflix uh, with my fiance. So we're currently watching The Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the show that we're currently watching. But yeah, other than that, I I, I really just enjoy running my business um, and, and designing things and creating content. Hey, that's fair, right? That's a sign that you're doing it right when you're not like, I need a two-week vacation away from this. Yeah, no, I've never felt that way other than, you know, wedding planning, you know, just maybe just need to pour more of my time in wedding planning. But I've never felt like, wow, just ready to pack up this business. It's just not for me. I'm enjoying every moment every opportunity because it it truly is a dream come true to be able to do what I do and to have that financial security and the freedom to um, run a business and to yeah just to have and work with amazing clients and to have that positive outlook about what you do and who you work with Mm -hmm. 
That's so beautiful to hear. So I'm sorry you don't like that question, but see, I feel like something good came from it, right? Because we all need to be reminded that your dream business should feel that way. And yeah, if it doesn't feel it, that way, something needs to shift. That 100%. Yeah, you you may have those times of like imposter syndrome or you may have an, opera, an encounter with a really crappy client and that happens as well. But um, in the grand scheme of things, you definitely want to enjoy what you're doing. And if you're not, then you always have that power to to have that feeling. Like you do have that power to enjoy what you're doing. So mm-hmm. you definitely want to search for that. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, this has been such a powerful conversation. I really appreciate you and how you show up online. And I, I think what you do is so needed and the way you do it really speaks to people. It really, oh, really does. I know you know that, but I'm just going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm so honored. I, yeah, like it's, it's so, um, I would say, yeah, just profound to, to hear that because you can just live in your own bubble when you're just creating content and then you just check out and you're just having a jolly grand time on your own. So yeah, this is just this awesome. Thanks again for the opportunity. Of course. Before we hop off here, where can everyone connect with you? And is there anything that people can opt into or, or join in right now? Yeah. So I am on Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and also on Facebook at Natanya Creates. Um, currently, I just closed the doors for F3 Masterclass. So that's unfortunately been closed. Um, there's over about almost about 200 people who've signed up for that class. So we're definitely at capacity. Um, but I would definitely say uh, tap the link in my bio and sign up to be on the email list. And then you'll be the first to know when the next, the next Masterclass does drop. So definitely connect with me there. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your wisdom. And we'll all just be watching you on Instagram, celebrating you. Um, so thank you again. No worries. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. If you loved this episode, be sure to tag Natanya at Natanya Creates and me at Menstruation Queen. Share it. Let us know what you learned. And until next week, I will talk to you soon. Thank you.